This is the Alpaca Podcast for all things alpaca. If you're an owner, a soon-to-be owner, a want-to-be owner, or are just alpaca mad or love the fleece, welcome to the Alpaca Tribe. I'm Steve Hetherington. Hi, Steve here, and welcome to the podcast for alpaca people. Great to see you again. Now, I hope you're all tucked up warm and secure. Uh, it's kind of <laughs> kind of weather for being indoors where we are at the moment. I hope whatever is happening your end is just a little bit nicer. <laughs> when we start thinking about keeping alpacas, one of the many things that we need to think about is providing some shelter. And that's from a stable or a barn or a, a field shelter of some kind. And depending on how many you've got and where they're going to be, you might need more than one. But certainly shelter is required. Uh, they're quite hardy animals. They cope with the weather generally well. But there are times when, if they had the opportunity, they would move to a slightly different place, which would give them more shelter, more protection from the weather. That could be inclement weather, uh, exactly what that means. We'll have to go and check the online dictionary for, but it means bad weather. It means the rain. It means the hail. It means the heavy winds, which we've had all of that today. And I've been extremely grateful for the fact that we've got some shelter that we can put the alpacas in or they can help themselves to. Uh, they're perverse things on the alpacas. There are times when you'd expect them to be using the shelter and they don't use it. And other times when you think, oh, what are you doing indoors? It doesn't need to be indoors. What's going on? So they, they do know what they need, what they want. And so I tend to find that uh, for the stable area that I give them access to, they just help themselves. The boys have got a field shelter, which is fairly well constructed, very solid and uh, tucked into the lee of the hill. It's it's kind of built in, dug into the, the side of the hill slightly. So it's well protected from, from the wind and the prevailing wind in particular. And we've found that using what's called Yorkshire boarding, uh, which is a board and then a gap and then another board. So you've got the width and then a small gap, probably the thickness of the board. And then what, what that does, so the, the bottom is solid, so it protects them from the wind when they're cushed down, but they've got a bit of air movement from the boards above, the, the gaps above. But it also means that they can see. They've got a bit of light, but they can also see outside. They don't like dark caves. They don't like going into them. And they don't particularly like being in them. They feel a bit a bit vulnerable. You can understand that, can't you? So some of the shelters that you can get, which are described as alpaca shelters, which you can get off the shelf or online, are not really... Mm, all that good. Not all of them. Some of them are. It needs to be big enough for the number of animals you've got. It needs to have a wide enough opening. And as I say, we found that having Yorkshire boarding, where hit and miss boarding, where you can have air movement and see light and see in and out, is helpful. And it's also good to be able to have a gate that'll go over the opening so you can close them in if you needed to. And there are times when that's what it's for. It is to give them shelter, protection, but it's also to enable you to contain them when needed. 
And if you're able to then bring them down into a smaller space, whether that's using hurdles, my favorite tool, as you know, um, whether it's hurdles or some other means that you can, it could be a gate that you can move across and and connect to something. So it, it just makes a smaller space. You can actually when work with the animals safely and more easily. There are times when it goes beyond mere comfort and it's essential for protection and well-being of the animals to provide the shelter. So there are times when it's actually more comfortable being able to be indoors and protected from the rain, protected from the wind. And here in particular, we, we notice the wind spins around north-south. It does it everywhere, I know, but we notice it here. We've got a north-south valley and the prevailing wind southwest is generally... We know where that's coming from and how that thing. And occasionally, it'll spin around the other way, and it howls through the <laughs> through the windows uh, of the stable. And sometimes I have to shut the shutters, but they don't like being shut in. They don't really don't like that. They don't. So, by nature, alpacas are stargazers. They will be out if they can be at night, and that's the preferred thing. They'll be fed indoors, and then they'll go off and be out overnight. When they use the shelter, when they use the beautiful accommodation that you provide is variable, uh, but it's good to make it available to them. The other kind of shelter that you can provide, as well as a built constructed thing, is the natural shelter that you get from trees and bushes, and you can build effectively a, a windbreak by planting trees uh, be careful which ones they are so that they're not going to cause a problem and they're not going to be poisonous, but they are going to be something that will provide shelter from the wind, but also some shade in the sunny weather. And that's the other big thing that alpacas need the shelter for is to provide them some shade to be able to get out of the, the full strength of the sun. They do like to sunbathe. They do like being in the sun, but they do at times also need to be able to sit in the shade, uh, particularly when they're chewing the cud. So being able to provide that kind of shelter is really helpful. And that could be natural. It could be the built. If it's a built one, something that's really helpful is to have an overhang on the roof. So the roof comes down to the the wall level, but then carries on a bit further. So you have an overhang. It's quite useful to be able to have something where they can be outside, effectively, outside of the immediate thing of the stable or, or or the shelter, but they're still under cover and they do like that. It's something that you're going to appreciate as well. I know from personal experience, I do like the overhangs uh, where we have them. And there are a few places I'm thinking, oh, it would have been nice if there'd been something here. So think about an overhang, include that in your design if you can, and make it uh, big enough, not too big, so you're rattling around, but big enough so there's plenty of space. And also thinking about if you needed to separate one off that was unwell, how would that work? What about a, a mum and a career that needs to be separated off, allowing them to bond and to, to get the feeding sorted out, or if there's some kind of problem? Then it's really helpful to be able to have smaller units that you can use the the shelter there for, but not completely separate. So it isn't something that you have to take up all of that shelter space in order to to provide the the sick or the the, the nursing mum with some space 
So plenty of things to think about. If you can, go go and have a look. <laughs> if you can cope with looking at other people's uh, stables and things without getting into barn envy. Oh, this, I've seen some lovely barns. And I've got oh, a beautiful oak build. Oh, just so nice. Uh, so we, we've got what we've got and we can dream, but I don't think it's going to be changing very soon. But we, what we've got is sufficient. I was up with the boys and uh, they're all in indoors. We can feed them indoors so that the, the food isn't getting wet. They've got somewhere if we're going to put hay out, we can put the hay out without it getting soaked as well. So that's that's all useful. And for the boys' field shelter, it's got a bit on the end, which this effectively is the storeroom, store area. So that's where we've got the, the food and we can put hay in there, which they can't get to. And that's just a useful addition. And it's one of those things that we've built things and improved each time we've done another one it's got that bit better so it's uh worth thinking about but also worth seeing if you can be flexible and cope with something for the future as well so shelter provided physical and natural the additional thing that you might want to think about is coats uh for the older ones for the old girls who've just had their coats taken off unfortunately <laughs> the weather changed it was really hot and it, it was uncomfortable and it's gone cold and wet and windy again. So, but they're indoors, they're okay. But they don't have their coats on. Do you know how my Hermione looked at me? She, it was a bit of a fight to take the coat off her, but she just anyway got managed to get this off. It's they don't like the sound of Velcro, so mm, there's not too much of a way around that. You just got to be careful and be aware that you're causing them some stress by the sound of the thing being taken off as well. So she was decoated. She took a coat, had a coat taken off. And ever since then, she's been watching, <laughs> watching me suspiciously, uh, making sure that I wasn't going to try and put it back on again. Even today, she was hanging at the back and watching me very intently and shuffling around to the other, because the, the st stable's got two doors. So if I go in one, she, she's heading for the other one really quickly. And that's uh, something to be aware of. If you can develop something that's a, th a flow through when you're working with a group of animals, you can actually feed them in one door into an area where you do the work and then out the other side and then back out into the, the open and freedom. So a flow a workflow is, is worth thinking about part of your design as well. If you have the chance to, sometimes you've got what you've got and you have to work with it. But uh, there we go. So physical, natural boundaries and fences and trees and bushes to give wind breaks and natural shelter and also then thinking about coats. So there we are. One of the things we need to consider when we're keeping alpacas. So yes, this was a, a day for having shelter and I'm so glad we have what we've got available, even if it's not completely everything I would like it to be. Oh, barn envy. It's a real thing. <laughs> <laughs> now that I've started thinking about, do you remember that? Oh, yeah. And there are times, I, I, I don't know whether you do, do you, do you drive past a field and go, oh, oh, that would be a good field for alpacas? We're in a, a valley with the steep hills. So sometimes when we see flat ground, we go, oh, that's nice. Or it's the grazing, the grass that has caught my attention, or the bit of tree and bush around the edges giving natural shelter. So there, there are things, and sometimes I'll, I'll have a look and think, what's What's that? What was that? Was it? Oh, it was just a sheep, or it was a, a something. But I'm I'm always looking for shapes in fields 
wondering if there's any alpacas there. Usually I'm not right, but occasionally we have driven past and there was a, definitely was an alpaca in the field, which is always a thrill. So there we go. And what else has been happening in the valley? Well, shelter has been provided by the mum, uh, to be probably, best way to describe her, of the Canada geese. She's on the nest. He's sat off at a distance uh, so he can steam in and protect her. And she's doing the protection of the eggs, sheltering those eggs. But she's <laughs> completely exposed to the weather, of course. But she's doing a great job, as always. There's another two pairs of, of geese have appear, appeared. I don't know where they've been. Why haven't they been there here, here earlier? I don't know. But they've turned up, so they're kind of squabbling a bit about which bit of the lake they, they're going to be around at. And they, they're honking when they see me moving around the valley and stuff. But uh, it's quite, I think, quite good to have a few more geese around and helps protect the ones that the, the mum that sat on the nest. And... Uh, yeah, so that's that's been good. And there's been a whole lo lot of birds whizzing around on the surface of the lake, which is so good to see. So the swallows are back. Saw them yesterday for the first time. So that's the first arrival back of the swallows. And there's even more today. So they're, they're coming. They're coming. And then they'll be starting to whiz into the, the barn. Now, you have to, to kind of duck. <laughs> uh, the, the, the swallow kind of zips in the, the open door and the open windows and uh, sometimes you have to duck because they come whistling through and uh, they're pretty good at avoiding you but it, I always feel <laughs> feel the need to duck so they have shelter as well and in the stable so that's I always like that being in there as well and then we've got the other bits and pieces the birds calling the birds singing the birds busy with things in their mouth going off and giving you an eye checking what you're doing before they disappear to the secret place where the nest is so all those spring kind of things happening and new green leaves appearing, little buds opening a bit. Not too many yet, but they're open, starting to open and the grass is doing really well. So the girls, girls are out there doing a good old graze. Today when we had the, the sudden downpour, April showers, you know, sudden downpour and hail, then they they coped okay because they were over on the bank, bank side and there's a, a treed area over there so they kind of tuck themselves up under under these trees there's not much leaf cover yet but at least it it kind of stopped the wind a bit and they just hunkered down really but the little showers little april showers of the rain and heavy rain and also the uh the stuff that bounces around it's, it's it makes a lot of noise doesn't it when it comes the the hail Stotting off the roof of the, the shelter. Uh, stotting is a good word, isn't it? I like that word, stotting. It's a very onomatopoeic word. <laughs> uh, it's a word from my youth. It's a word from the northeast of England. And a lot of people in the rest of the UK would have no idea what I was talking about. But it's stotting is kind of it bouncing off. It's really hitting and hard and bouncing off. Uh, stotting off your heed, as they say. <laughs> stotting off your head. Bouncing off your head. So that's that's a, a word for you. Oh, there we are. It's a, it's a day of words. We've we've had inclement, which we'll still have to go and check and see exactly what that means. I'll put it in the episode notes. And stotting. So there we are. And the other word, which is a good word for this kind of weather, is a Welsh word, which is kutch. Kutch is what you do with a wet dog. You kutch them up close. It's a little, it's like a cuddle. It's like a, a snuggle in. It's a... There's no 
no no no direct translation for it. It's just such a wonderful word, kutch. So hopefully you're indoors enjoying whatever shelter you have and your alpacas or wherever they are enjoying whatever shelter they've got. And you're all safe and warm and hope to see you again next time. So if you can, go spend some time with an alpaca, but not in the rain. And take care. See you again soon. Bye for now. This is the Alpaca Tribe, and I'm Steve Hetherington. Have a great day.